Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. Hey, we got a great opportunity to happen here at Southland Christian Camp. Sitting around me as men from our PTSD group this week, and we wanted to talk about, talk about I can't even speak when I'm around other men. It messes me up. And uh, maybe that's why God just has Stephanie do this with me. I'm not sure. Debbie's not here to hit me in the back of the head as usual and produce us, so forgive me for that. But listen, here I am. And uh, I'm with some men, and we want to talk about what we've learned this week, what's going on with PTSD, how it's helped us, and we just want to communicate with you guys. We're really hopeful that, uh, uh, that you guys are well. Uh, I told the men we're going to be talking to people from as far away as Nepal, lots of people in China, Florida, all over the United States, and we're real excited about that. So uh, getting going, who wants to talk about what we covered this week that was exciting to them? Anybody want to talk about that? Now, this is a real talkative group right here, folks, and uh, I think my brother over here wants to talk. Well, thank you, brother, for having such a great week. Our, um, our study today, you know, this was the first breakout session, so this session was dealing with narcissists and narcissism, and I don't know who else, you know, attended in this uh, breakout group of the men that, that felt... <clears throat> Like, yeah, the one brother was very transparent and said, I am a narcissist. And I thought that just kind of set a good stage for um, all the rest of us to kind of get real and say, you know what, we all have some tendencies, if not, you know, are heavily, um, t- you know, tending toward that. But um, <clears throat> just the, 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 the methodology that it broke down into how it can be so um, used against people and, and, and disguised as concern for them. Um, you know, see there, uh, uh, you know, I've got personal experience with, with seeing how people can groom other people into worshiping them, um, by, by, uh, gaslighting other people, uh, love bombing people, you know, those, uh, little traits. I, I learned uh, just a bunch of stuff Boku, um, you know, little pieces of information that I think I want to use to kind of watch that in myself and then also to kind of watch out for maybe when someone else is using it on somebody else and help them through it. Brother, I like that. Let me me just go along with that question a little bit. Uh, One of the things you said is grooming people. And I think Mm -hmm. it's important that we we mention to those listening to us, grooming is – Right. You're thinking about like almost setting people up, treating them nice, setting them up to to some type of catch with them, or uh, right? A- yeah, catch. Yeah. Sure. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's the idea of going after someone with flattery, maybe. Yeah. Where you're you you're making them endeared to you, <clears throat> because hey, you know, dad never talked to me this gushingly nice. This person really cares when actually they don't really care. Yeah. They care about themselves. 
but they're being groomed into something that's going to be destructive, which could be just, you know, as destructive as, as sexual predator stuff, but it could also be just kind of following their own little, um, you know, wolf in sheep's clothing type thing. You know, I want, I want to be the leader in the church. Um, yeah. <clears throat> instead of the pastor, you know, that kind of thing. So, and that's uh, a, you know, yeah. I get a sick feeling in my belly when I, when I realize that that's very prevalent and I'm glad you're talking about mm-hmm. that brother, but it's, it's very prevalent, the grooming, the, uh, trying to degrade people that are in, uh, pastoral roles or teacher roles. Uh, and, and those are definite marks of a narcissist. So I'm glad you covered yeah, yeah. that. I, and, and, you know, the, a lot of the folks listening to us obviously have been hurt by narcissists or maybe they've dealt with it themselves. And as our dear brother had mentioned, he had been one or he's one. He's got to keep himself in check on that. Now, would, would somebody like to add to this narcissistic conversation we're having on narcissism? Would anybody like to add to that? And uh, here we go. Well, I was talking to uh, one of our brothers here at the camp uh, about myself. Uh, with my previous marriage, I, I suffered from narcissist. A lot, I checked a lot of the boxes about uh, flattery and, and, and that kind of thing. Uh, it wasn't something I set out to do, or, or like when we got married, I, I figured, you know, I'm going to flatter her and hurt her at the end. But, but it was some, I did have some of them patterns in my life, and it was good to have the class right after narcissism about guilt because that's led to guilt in my life, thinking, you know, that I, you know, maybe I could have changed my, uh, the, the result of the marriage, you know, and then after you get through all that, well, now I'm divorced and the Lord's not going to use me anymore the way that He could. Uh, you know, I had these big, big plans on what I wanted to do for God, but now, Maybe I have to set them aside to see what something else, you know, like I'm second rate or whatever. But uh, I do suffer from that yeah. and, and did suffer from that with, with my past marriage that, that hurt things a whole lot. Well, we appreciate, you know, going back to what you're saying. First of all, we really appreciate you being willing to share that. And, uh, I mean, what would you say, brother? What would you say to uh, men who are married, who are, you know, sometimes we're at the brink, you know, if, if not if not by God's wonderful grace, you know, uh, we all could be with what you went through. What would you say to men? What would you say as a watchword or uh, what we need to do as men to t- safeguard our marriages? I mean, I'm just thinking, brother, you know, what would you say? How would you say that? What would you say? Well, I would just say you have to, it's something daily, you know, to constantly keep yourself in, in check because I've, I've gone back through uh through my in my mind through my 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 marriage and and i can't point to the time where it started i just know it was a gradual thing for me and so i mean yeah everyone's susceptible to it yeah and if you're not watchful for it and keeping yourself in check in it you could be way down the line in it before you ever realize what you've done or what you were doing or yeah you know as bad as it is i mean i've called you know i've it's it's just just amazing the steps that I check on that about starting out with flattery and then you you build this person up to be you know right next to God but then you start beating them down and then the the uh, isolation I went through that with with yeah. my wife I me be the only one she talked to and and isolating her from her family and from from anyone else except for me 
and, and like I said, the main thing is, is I look back on it, and there's not a place where it started. It was just a gradual thing to, 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 to where it ended at. Now, I, 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 I so appreciate what you're saying and, and your honesty. It's, it's refreshing, and I, I think people that are listening right now can really gain the perspective that, you know, I'm sitting next to a fine gentleman who's willing to share his heart and uh, uh, to all of us and say, be careful out there. It, it's, uh, you know, really be building people up. You know, we're in the building business, and I, I think I just picked that. I like that. I like that you you said that we need to be building people up instead of tearing them down. We need to be, uh, you know, inclusive with family, and we need to be helping our families. And, and, uh, and brother, that was really good. So uh, I guess I know I already asked you one question, but this is a pretty interesting conversation. Two things. First, I need you to hold your mic a little closer when you talk because you're softer speaking than I am. And, uh, I, yeah, I'm one of those guys. I sound like I'm still a sergeant in the Army or something. But uh, so, brother, is there a way to – seek forgiveness now at this point in your life to uh make as good as you can to i mean what's what step are you at with all that now if you don't mind my asking how do we get forgiveness how do we get right well i i think is that better i mean i can have a big big mouth too so i can just talk louder keep keep it closer but i i yeah i preach i just act like i'm preaching but uh i i mean i think that it starts out with what y'all talked about in the class about narcissism is just you got to come to a realization first that that there's an issue there and from what i'm learning about it that's the exact opposite of of what a narcissist is you're asking somebody that wants to always be right that that thinks they're god's gift to the world to admit they have a problem wow and with my with my situation i it was hard for it would be hard for me to do that because if I admit I have a problem or an issue with it, then that shows me as a weak person, and that's exactly the opposite of what what a narcissist is. It's not a weak person. I mean, they are, but yeah. But their picture, the persona they put up, is they're not, and so that's that is definitely got to be the the toughest thing to get through is admitting that you do have a problem, even though it's against everything in you to, yeah. to do that. Yeah, no, thank you for that, brother. And I, and, and I think, you know, all of us, as we look at ourselves, uh, we, we always talk about in PTSD, you know, we need to acknowledge the trauma. We need to acknowledge those things in our life. Uh, we say acknowledge the trauma from a perspective of acknowledge something happened to you, but also acknowledge that something's going wrong and uh, acknowledge, hey, I got a problem because, you know, God is strong through our weaknesses. And uh, yeah, and our brother here, if you pass that over to our brother. Thank you. And you notice we're staying away from names, folks. This is a anonymous type of talk. You guys recognize my voice, but everybody else is coming to you anonymously. Um, <clears throat> well, it goes into what Brother uh, Herbster preached last night, which yeah. is that uh, it's, it's one, we acknowledge who we are. Second, acknowledge who God is. But third is apply that. And that's, I think, is a, is a big issue is sometimes we are, um, we need to acknowledge that we have issues like, like what he's saying. Yeah. But then the second would acknowledge that God has the, the fix for those issues. But then it's, it's more than that of just me figuring out, okay, I looked at your slides. I have issues with this. God can fix this. I've got to start developing habits and, and doing some things with God that start to correct these things and start doing it better because it's, it, it doesn't do any good for us to be a hearer of, 
of the word if we're not going to be a doer. If it's it's one to understand that I've got an issue, but the second is God's got the fix for it, but then applying it, and that's that's a big step for for a lot of people. And I think this is a I think that's a perfect comment and a perfect person to be holding the mic right now. And our our dear anonymous brother over here is in a pastoral position, so I I want to ask. Because this is a hard, this is a hard fix right here, you know. So I know these things are going on in my life. I know I have problems. How do I address my pastor? How do I, you know, where do, where does someone listen and go to, brother? I mean, how do they do this with their pastor? Well, I think you just go to them and just tell them I've got an issue with this. Can you help me? And then, of course, what a pastor should be doing is showing them. Um, it's well a few things a pastor can do if he's got great resources like what y'all are doing then you could you could you could tell them hey call this man he may can give you some insight that maybe I don't have the insight to you could you could tell them some of that or you could say can I get some material a good book or something to help them with um, but then obviously it would be giving them good scripture and showing them how to meditate on the things of, of God but then trying to apply it to their life and a lot of times what it takes is getting them to see if you can get them to see if there's an issue, if they even have an issue, well, that's well, you've really done something. Mm. But then you can show them that the Bible has an answer. But the problem people have is it's like the, the whole thing in Ephesians 4, about put off and put on. There has to be developing new habits mm-hmm. because you'll just revert back to your old habits of this is how you treat people. This is what you do. This is kind of how I live life. But you have to find a way to start putting new habits into your life so that you start doing things and, and creating new ways of doing of doing life Uh, because it becomes a habit becomes a character becomes who you are yeah and you know this is spoken this is really good stuff for us i think i'm glad we've never talked about this before but i like the idea we got to remember folks in life you know when i went in the army i was taught habits that made me a soldier Mm. you know i had come from habits that made me a teenager laid around my bedroom so I had to be taught habits on how to handle, you know, my position in the United States Army so I could fulfill my mission while well, life is that way. You know, when you get married, you have to be taught habits of, you know, how to treat your wife. So that's why pastors have premarital counseling. When you're, and, and when you're messed up, you, you, or, you know, and God shows you that, you get that conviction, then your pastor can help you or your pastor's wife can help you put together a plan mm-hmm. and say, you know, why don't we study things this way? Why don't we look at trying to be nice? I like, I like the way you answered that. But I want to I stay on and ask you a question, brother, because of your position. I'm going to hit you with one more pastor type of of question so you're looking out over your congregation and do do you see narcissism uh within your congregation is that something you see yeah 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 in men and in women both you see it and um but like you know we've talked about this before i don't i normally don't say there's narcissism right there normally what i'll say is there's a pride problem right there yeah and or there's, there's a refusal to see what they're doing is actually damaging themselves or damaging their relationship with their spouse or with their children. And, you, and then you pray really hard. I wish they would, that somehow God could open their eyes to see that the course they're on is, is damaging themselves. And you try to give them the word of God in a, in a compassionate way to help them open their eyes to see it so that they can, if they can ever see it, like these guys are saying, I saw it today. This is what I am. Well, that's that's half the battle. If you can just get them to see that they're going yeah. the wrong direction. 
Boy, and see what God has given us and done for us. I like that. And, and one, one of our dear brothers during a conversation today made a comment that he was a narcissist or, and, and he has done some things in his life. So uh, I wanted, if it's all right with you, dear brother, and again, this is all anonymous, but God changes people. He's completely changed my life. He's completely changed this dear brother's life. And so, brother, how did you see yourself? I, I love where we just came from in the, the rotation we've just made, our narcissism that's went through the brothers here. How did you see yourself as a narcissist? How did you wake up one day and knew you had a pride problem? Whatever you call it, how did you see it? Um, well, well, when, when faced with the effect of narcissism, how I saw it was is... Um, First, I just wanted to say that um, it's in all of us. Yeah. Um, the ability to become a narcissist is, uh, we said, such were some of you. Um, it's in us. We, we can all actually, at any point, any time, become a narcissist or maybe a knucklehead, like you like to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same um, kind of idea. Yeah. But, but the way that I seen that, is because like what uh, pastor the pastor was just saying is that uh, we it's a pride issue um, it's it's a self selfish issue it's it's thinking of it's thinking too highly of yourself and um, actually really honestly um, we have to come to that that point where, where we're able to humble ourselves yeah and 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 in just in reading scripture and just like we we uh, the the verse for this week the Philippians 3:10 being conformed to the image of Christ when when we're talking about that well well how do we become uh, conformed to the image of Christ well we got to know who Christ is how do we know who Christ is we're in his word when we're in his word and we're reading about who Christ is in the image of Christ, it becomes evident that I was not uh, um, being Christ-like in my, in, in my life with uh, my relationship with my spouse. I, w I was um, selfish in, in the, that respect. So that's how I came to see myself is looking in, in the mirror like uh, what he was, what Pastor was talking about, uh, uh, James, um, looking in the mirror, seeing what's wrong with me, and then changing that by trying to become more Christ-like in my walk. Well, I really like what you know. One of the points you just made, and and we get this wrong sometimes. You know, as men, we we try to emulate other men sometimes, and and, and that's a false way of living a Christian life. But what Brother James just said, as I studied the Word of God, as I read the Word of God, as he, you know, a member of a good church, as I'm living this, I realized that I wasn't right, that I was selfish, that I was these. It takes a big man to stand up and say that. And uh, I love the way he said that. I realized that I wasn't right by the Word of God. And we always say that the litmus test is the Word of God. The litmus test is not the guy down the road. Because I'll tell you, the guy down the road, even though he may be the greatest guy ever, you know, uh, he's not the litmus test. Is God. Is God's the test. And, you know, I have a friend of mine uh, that works, you know, I guess Secret Service handles counterfeit money or something like that. So he retired from the Secret Service three months ago. He was all over Facebook. And uh, he came to one of our PTSD meetings. And he made a point. He said, you know, when we're taught how to identify counterfeit money, we don't look at one counterfeit bill. We look at the real thing. Mm -hmm. 
and they make us look at that real thing for hours. The way the corner looks, the way things wrap, the way, you know, the way the, the color, the design, you know, everything right down the way the material feels. And then they sneak in later on in that day counterfeit. Everybody's raising their hand saying, this isn't right. But he said, he said, so often people tell you, teach you what counterfeit is like. You know, that's what they do in grocery stores and things like that. I want to think a couple of verses I want to share with these people before we go. And, and uh, I, I found this verse the other day, and there's many in the book of Proverbs. Uh, but I was thinking of 18, uh, 12 here, Proverbs 18, 12. I know we're in a study of Proverbs together. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty, and before honor is humility. So there's two sides going on here. You're haughty, which is arrogant, right? I think that's a, a good definition. You know, you know everything. You know, everything is right. Everything is going on. But when our brother just spoke a minute ago, he talked about reading the Word of God and finding that humility. So I, so I say to you, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, look for that. And then you, then you get to verse number 13. And he that answereth the matter before he hear it, it is folly and shame unto him. And then the verse that started the Wounded Spirits program says, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear, this is a God thing. And the, the men sitting at this table that know that this is a God thing. This is, you know, healing comes from God. Growth comes from God visually. And, and I'm so glad our dear brother said, you know, I've been through this and God can still use it. Can I tell you something? Boy, God uses folks, doesn't he? Yeah. And uh, God, God uses folks in his life, and, and uh, he uses all folks. He don't, and God never puts anybody on the shelf. Now, there's certain yeah. things God may uh, exclude someone from doing or whatever, but he never puts anybody on the shelf. I've noticed that. Some of the best people I've met in my life have went through some of the hardest things in their life. So if you're sitting out there and you're feeling bad for yourself and, and going through things, just remember that God doesn't put people on the shelf. We're back over with Pastor here. Hey, you said something earlier today that was, it was so good. It was a lot of good things, but one that stood out was um, you, you just said pick up from where you're at and move forward. Yeah. We started doing something years ago at our church, and we used the word henceforth meaning henceforth I will, you know, and, and so many things. Yeah. Uh, it's used several times in the Bible, the word henceforth. And, and so we tell people a lot of times, you can't do anything about your past, but you can do something about from this time right now that you're acknowledging I've messed things up. From right now forward, you can do something about the present and about the future. And you can start going forward with your life. So somebody might be listening and might be like, yeah. well, you know what? I am, a, I am a little bit of a narcissist and I have messed some things up, like, like he was saying. But you can yeah. move forward and start doing things from this time forward better with God and with God's help. And that's, that's reassuring and people need to get a hold of that. I was glad you said that earlier because that's important for people to get. Yeah. And, what, what, and, and you know what I was thinking too, Pastor, as you were just saying that. I remember, remember where Christ said, what did he say? Go forward and sin no more? Go yeah, and sin no go more? Go and sin no more. And, uh, and, and I think that's a message for all of us. I'm, I'm glad that we just hit that because every man here is of equal value to God. Mm -hmm. There's not a person walking the face of the earth that has a higher value than someone else. And, and so often we forget that. You know, so often we, uh, some people think of themselves, well, you know, look at all I have to offer God. Mm -hmm. You know, I realized something a long time ago in my life. God could have picked a lot better person than me to do what I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I see these businessmen. I meet these pastors who are great. I, I meet these other people. God could have really picked some, but God doesn't do that. 
You know, God, God uses everybody. So we're all in the boat, folks. Listen, we just wanted to come to you, talk a little bit about what we learned. We were going to do this as a wrap anyway for the day. We wanted to come to you guys. And I just want to, uh, I'm just going to go around to make sure every man gets to say at least a couple things. But I, I just want to go around and take like two minutes for everybody and say one sentence that you want everybody to know out there. So why don't we hand the mic over here to Jeremy and I'll, and uh, oh, I'm sorry, brother. Does the name thing bother you? Do I need no, to cut that out. All. all right, go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. Two minutes, man. I don't know what to say. Um, I, I think, um, talking about narcissism, um, if the hardest part is for them to acknowledge it. If they acknowledge it, that is like 90% of the battle. Because once they acknowledge it, if, if they're humble, I mean, man, as soon as they start getting God's word, and, and if, if they acknowledge it and, and believe God's word, it, they're going to change pretty quickly. I mean, I mean, there yeah. could be a struggle there. There could be a battle, yeah. you know, where they they fall into it. But if they realize it, and if once they realize it, if if they can have some accountability as well, like a a, a super good friend who is able to confront them when they do it, um, and that they'll listen to it, it'll help a lot. Hey, man, that's good, brother, and that's from a pastor too. And going over to our other brother over here. Yes, uh, I was just, uh, we started out talking sometime yesterday, I think, about, uh, we started talking about Jesus, uh, Mary's, and uh, Jesus came and, and our brother said, you know, just do the next thing, do what Jesus tells you. <laughs> and um, it's just such a powerful word because the truth is, the word, the story ends by saying he kept. And right now on this whole earth, we are all, so many of us raised by the law, is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit changes us, rearranges us, heals us, and gives us power to live and direction. And so that's my word for this. Amen. My turn? Okay. Um this is my first camp it's been a, a real blessing too i told my wife during during lunch i said i got a lot of things to work on because um, i knew what a narcissist was but when we had to lay it laid out i said oh, i checked that box i mean i might not check all the boxes we all have the narcissist tendencies and stuff but but yeah it's it's brought light to my my eyes how i fall short and um yeah like like doug said he's not going to put you on the shelf um, he can still use he uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things we think of Moses we think of and, and his rod which is just a stick um, and he did amazing things through through ordinary people and uh, we're just I, I know Doug always says we're messed up people trying to help other messed up people and that's that's the truth and uh, yeah so it's been a blessing and um, yeah just a great week of learning so far well, we got around and we heard everybody speak. I, I thank everybody for coming out. Thanks for listening to us today, folks. If there's anything we can do to help you, uh, just remember what we say. Go out to the Facebook page, Help the Wounded Spirits, and, uh, or find us out there on the Wounded Spirits uh, uh, 
website. I'm all right. Can't even think of the words. I'm just moved by what's been said here at the table. We'd love to get a hold of you. And uh, folks, the most important thing, in just a minute, old brother Eric's going to come on with the production team, and he's going to be telling you everything you need to know to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Brethren, can I tell you something? That's the most important thing that will ever happen in your life. Please listen to every word brother Eric's got to say, and uh, we'd love to see you in heaven one day. Uh, listen, folks, we'll check with you tomorrow. Make sure you listen. We'll be coming to you live. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.